What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 112 of the Justin Insight podcast. Uh, not episode 101, like I stupidly said last week. Uh, deducting myself 10 episodes. What an absolute fool. But yeah, this is the show where I, Tim Burtbeck, usually talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. But this week, we are a little bit different, um, as the title suggests, and I will go into in a little bit more detail momentarily. Um, but I hope everyone enjoyed their bank holiday weekend. Um, I had a lovely time. I've actually had a pretty pretty good week in general. Like it was a really busy week uh, for my day job, but in a in the best possible way. Like I got to do quite a few like fun things, um, which was which was really nice. And then on Friday I went to see Not Loose, Kubla Khan, Cruel Hand, and Cage Existence in London, which was lots of fun. It was at the uh, O2 Islington Academy, and I'm not. A massive fan of that venue if I'm totally honest but uh, it was cool like not loose were just really really good like that band has skyrocketed themselves into like the next level of kind of hardcore appeal for for a wider audience I guess um, and it, yeah so it was really cool to sort of see them be able to command a, a larger room which was which was really awesome um, and then on Sunday I was at Slam, da- Slam Dunk Slam Dunk Festival um, in Hatfield Park, uh, uh, which was yeah lots of fun, which you're about to hear about. Um, so yeah, as we're kind of now officially in UK festival season, even though I've already been to four festivals this year. Fuck, this is festival number five for me. I didn't realise that. That's nuts. And I've got potentially five or six more gonna be a busy busy summer but yeah um slam dunk is kind of seen as the the official kind of kickoff of of uk festival season um so i thought it'd be an opportunity to to kick off with our festival review shows like we did last year did one for 2000 trees uh, and did one for fluff festival so looking to potentially do as many as i can for the festivals i attend this year um obviously haven't done any prior but Slam Dunk's been the only opportunity that I've kind of had to to get people around a microphone. So, um, yeah, this will be like last year's formats of shows. If you listen to those, it'll be myself and my guests kind of giving uh, an insight into what we thought of the the festival that we attended. Um, And yeah, so it was my pleasure to share the Slam Dunk experience with... Uh, Danny Randon and Brad Thorne of the Bitching Brew podcast Um, so on our journey home after Slam Dunk we got the mic rolling and gave our thoughts so yeah please sit back enjoy our roundup of Slam Dunk South 2019 and I'll see you on the other side Right so we well I am driving home from Slam Dunk South Festival before anyone jumps to conclusions not doing anything illegal my wonderful guest is being kind enough to, to hold the microphones for me um, bit of an unusual episode for this week we're doing a festival review which I haven't done since 2003? no Fluff Festival Fluff Festival. but yeah we're in festival season so we thought we'd kick off with Slam Dunk I am joined by the devilish duo that present <laughs> the Bitch and Review podcast, uh, Danny Randon and Brad Thorne. Uh, guys, thank you very much for, for being my victims in my car and having this little chat with me. Oh, well, 
thank, thank you very much. You're an excellent driver while oh, you're podcasting. Well, I, t- I try my best. Don't podcast and drive, kids. <laughs> Leave it to the professionals. Um, but yeah, as mentioned, Slam Dunk. Uh, this was my first year. Uh, didn't really know kind of what to expect, but the lineup was enough to entice me, especially as you'll find out the Empiricon stage. But um, guys, what, what's your kind of history experience with, with Slam Dunk? Yeah, so um, I've been, this was my third time at Slam Dunk. Yeah. I missed last year's, which was the first year that they were at Hatfield Park. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last couple of times I'd gone was at the University of Hertfordshire campus, and I thought it was all right. I thought it was good fun. I've never been as a, you know, strictly as a punter. I've only ever gone either, you know, with like magazines. In a work capacity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, um, you know, I'd imagine as a punter it would just it would have just frustrated me with yeah, the amount yeah, of queuing yeah. you had to do um, to like get into the indoor rooms when it was at the uni campus but this time around it was yeah it was really rad layout and I'm really glad they've expanded into like an outdoor space yeah, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's good for the growth of the festival even though it's like what 12, 13 years old now because they're old fucking yeah, hell I'm, I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner to be <laughs> well, like as we when we were on the drive up, Brad, I mentioned to you, so you can kind of fill in from here that I'd heard horrible rumours of of when it was at the campus that people were like stuck in corridors and and stuff like that. So, yeah, t- what was what's your kind of previous with with Slandunk been? My, I think it was the first festival I actually ever went to. Okay, I went from. 2012 to I think 2015 consistently just as a punter yeah um, just checking it out and having taken like four years out of it it's weird to come back and see <laughs> how how massive it's got yeah yeah you know in the time I haven't been there well before we get into to bands and stuff what do we what do we think of the day in general like I think as far as as kicking off sort of quote-unquote festival season like it was for me personally it was pretty solid like there were definitely bands that I liked there were definitely bands that I stayed very far away from <laughs> but, yeah. but I think like in general very well organized like there was a little bit of a time lapse on some of the bands I think like that where that I think where the stage was running over by maybe like five minutes but yeah. it, it wasn't something you could tell unless you were kind of paying attention um, my one gripe, they ran out of vegan food in a lot of places, but that's just a personal preference. That, that's your that's your problem. That's, there, that is it? my problem. But yeah, so what, what did you guys think of the day in general? I had a lovely day. <laughs> I had a lovely, lovely day. Um, very busy, uh, very sort of hectic, a lot of turn and fro in, doing my own stuff for an upcoming episode of Bitch and Brew. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Tim will put the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sort of, you know, darting back and forth from stage to stage. Um, but it was a really good fun day. And yeah, yeah I, I did like the sort of staggered layout of the day as well. You know, changing from, from... There's a few stages where there's two stages under 110 and I do like the layout of that. Yeah, I think, I think it worked quite well. Like, I've, again, I said to Brad, the only time that I remember seeing it before was at Heavy like this is like years ago when heavy fest was still a thing and it kind of worked but they especially that 
the key club stage well and I guess the Imperacon and Jägermeister stage they managed to do it quite seamlessly I think yeah. like with the stages side to side or back to back sort of they, thing they did it better in the Jägermeister and Imperacon stages not so much in the key club stages where you could hear like the sound check during the, the yeah, quiet yeah. parts yeah. Of, a, of a set on the other stage that was a bit annoying yeah for the most part it worked for me yeah for sure Brad how was your day yeah I think it was really really good and I think having it in that big sort of wide open space got rid of a lot of the sort of organisational problems it always seemed to have before yeah consistently and you know bar like you said the odd band running over a little bit and um some of the stages sounded better than others yeah I think but um large it was it was really really great day yeah um before we get again some before, before we get into bands like something we did mention on the drive up here but i thought well i'll get it on a note from forum the lineup was something that we discussed maybe not being overly diverse like the the main stage particularly was very typical of slam dunk and i unless I'm missing anything I don't think there was any female members in any of the bands that played on the main stage there were not there we go um, but diversity was quite slim at Slam Dunk like a few ethnic minorities like in some of the bands but I think you could probably count on two hands the amount of bands that played with either female or LGBTQ sort of members so opinions on that what do we think slam dunk need to do better in the future to kind of improve this because i i think like brad you're a prime example you said slam dunk was your first festival and i think there's going to be a lot of people that that is their first festival and organizers and promoters need to set an example like it's not all just going to be white guys every single time they come to this festival so what do you guys think that they need to do more to improve these things um book camp cope (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah okay fine, fine, fair, yeah, fair, fair enough <laughs> no in all seriousness I, I think it, it just comes down to that is, is booking more uh, you know female non-male artists yeah. you know non-male non-white artists it's trouble is it, it always has been very much a, a sort of a boys club yeah um, and, and that attitude definitely needs to change but at the same time there's, there's kind of you need to strike a balance there needs to be um, yeah there needs to be a careful approach to it because you don't want it to almost seem like tokenism yeah yeah I agree and like that's the thing like it's hard because obviously they want to pick the book the the bands that are going to bring the crowd but also we'll get on to a band that played today in a moment but a band like Pagan a prime example that should be given that platform and breaking that wall and being introduced to the younger audiences that I'd like to see more bands like that maybe yeah. next year like I think that's a fair assessment for sure for sure and the band that uh, unfortunately I, I missed their set uh, like the Interrupters yeah um, and I didn't realise how much like family appeal the Interrupters had and just you know obviously Amy Interrupter their singer is you know massively inspirational to like you know young girls and, yeah and, and families all together really um so yeah m- more of that please <laughs> right we'll get into the actual music um brad i'm going to go with you first because you were with me on the first band so first band that you saw brad thorne was 
cool hand. And what did you think? I thought it was really good. It was a really energetic start to the day. I'm not really familiar with them past having seen them earlier. Yeah. Um, I think you are. <laughs> yeah, I definitely but am. But it, it was just a really great, really energetic. And they seemed to really get the crowd going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it was cool because, like, We'll get on to sort of discussing this in a minute, but obviously this year the the Slandung Festival lineup was very kind of diverse. Well, not diverse in what we were talking about a moment ago, but eclectic. I, th- I guess is a better yeah. word. Um, in, in terms, terms of genre, yeah, genre. in terms of they like, had like a lot of heavier bands and stuff. And I remember mentioning this to you, Brad. Like obviously, Cruel Hand are currently on tour with Knock Loose, and it was kind of like, well, you get Knock Loose, but you have to have Cruel Hand and Kubla Khan as well. And for me personally, being a fan of Cruel Hand from especially like their older stuff, like I was worried that that tent was going to be very empty. There wasn't going to be kind of anyone for them, especially for like eleven forty-five in the morning sort of thing. But it was really nice to see like there was people moshing, there was people at the front, and they, as you say, they just brought really, really good energy to to their show, which which was nice for first thing in the morning. So yeah. it was a great, great wake up call. Um, Danny, you weren't with us, so no. who, who was your first band of the day? I went over to the Impericon stage, right. um, which, as we discussed, had an amazing lineup, um, and I went to see Angel Dust. Right. The, um, uh, I guess you could call it a side project. It's it's not. It's kind it's of their, their main. Group. It's their kind of well. It's Justice's main project now. Right. Is he not entrapped under ice anymore? Well, Tui are kind of like they're still a band, but they're just very 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 quiet so right, okay yeah angel dust is kind of justice's main thing now yeah but obviously dan from from turnstile fame as well pulling double duty yeah today. so it's just kind of obviously when turnstile aren't busy he'll jump in and do angel dust yeah but yeah sorry angel dust uh angel dust yeah it was uh they i, I maybe called like the first half of their set yeah um and it was great i was really intrigued to see how the material from the new album pretty buff pretty buff um which when we discussed it on the bitch review i said that i fucking hated it on first listen <laughs> um i can't lie i think we all felt that way yeah i mean there was a couple of tracks that i was sort of like this is interesting but yeah. it definitely wasn't something that jumped out straight away sort of thing so they opened on basically i believe it was two songs from ad and two songs from rock the fuck on forever I think there was only one from AD. I could be yeah. wrong. Oh, okay. But... Well, they, they, that, they opened on a handful of older songs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's quite interesting. You know, are they going to play some newer stuff? And uh, the, the, the older stuff, yeah, it was, it was good. I think they fell victim to shitty, shitty sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, was, it took a little while for them to lock in with one another. I think, you know, obviously that kind of ramshackle style lends itself to that type of music. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as soon as Ju- uh, Justice kind of um, bunged on an acoustic guitar and they start to play Bang My Drum, yeah, yeah, they all kind of locked in with one another and it was really cool to see how, um, how kind of more focused their performance was playing the newer stuff. Yeah, I think that's interesting actually. I didn't think about that, but I think because obviously where they're promoting the new record at the moment mm. then obviously that's the stuff they're predominantly practicing and playing and yeah. stuff so they are going to be tighter on that than the, the hits so to say um so yeah it's like 
I've, this is my second time seeing Angel Dust, and the first time I kind of thought the same. Like, they do just kind of have almost like quite a sloppy live performance. Yeah. But it just there's just something about it, is it that allows that to work. I think Justice is a, is a huge part of it. He kind of walks on in a... He's wearing a shell suit. And <laughs> yeah. he's, you know, it's part of that whole scene of American bands that seem to be so influenced by, like, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Uh, almost pre-Britpop music. Yeah. Like early Blur and, and the Smiths and Oasis and what have you. So, um, yeah, I, I thought... What, what I saw of them anyway was really good and, and what matters to me for, for Angel Dust is obviously where Turnstile are absolutely killing it TUI may not be as active as they used to be but yeah. what I wanted out of Angel Dust um, and what I eventually got with Pretty Buff was a band that didn't sound like any of the bands yeah. that they yeah. I think this is what I was going to say I think that new material what it does is gives them a bit more of their own identity and I think if you turned up they turned up playing their hardcore songs it would be easy to kind of become a bit of a footnote on a stage like that yeah you know, with a lineup like kit had today yeah but yeah with that new material it really kind of made them stand out from the rest of the bands oh yeah I, different i agree that like it it did add a different flavor but though to their kind of detriment it might just be that people are still letting the new record settle a little bit but it was when they played the songs off Rock the Fuck On Forever that you got the reaction from yeah. the crowd. Yeah. Apart from Bang My Drum, that was the only one that, like... Bang My Drum got a pop. Yeah, sure. yeah. But the the rest of, like, the new stuff was just sort of like, oh, yeah, this is the this is the new stuff they're playing. Whereas, like, as soon as Toxic Boombox hit, it was just, com- like, could have oh, been I'm a completely different, different yeah. band sort of thing. So, yeah. but... Um, in terms of, we'll quickly run through the Impericon stage, just who was playing it, just because I think it's worth mentioning. So, started off with Angel Dust, Knock Loose, uh, Turnstile, Cancer Bats, The Bronx, and then Glassjaw. Gal- oh, Gallows, Miss Gallows, sorry. And then Glassjaw, which, yeah, it's just. Take your pick. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, like, a, a festival like Slandung, to have something like that is just. It shows in an interesting way that they're looking at maybe pr- approaching things in the f- future. And it was almost like every stage kind, almost kind of had an identity. And I think that might be the way forward in the future. I don't know. What, as previous p- goers, do you kind of see that? Yeah, I mean, uh, like up until, yeah, I'd say up until this year, you did occasionally get a really good heavy headliner, you know, yeah. where, like yeah. Cancer Bats back in the day would be headlining one of the stages. Architects have done it. Architects have done it. Every time I die, kind of feel like a, a sort of old reliable band, but they never had the bill to kind of support them. Right. So, there, you know, it was Impericon stage by name, Impericon stage by nature. <laughs> a lot of sort of shitty modern metalcore bands and then just one absolutely stonking hardcore punk yeah, or metal yeah. band to close it off and I, no, it didn't really add up so this was kind of like the first time this year where you looked at that lineup and went yes yeah like th- this this is what we've been wanting for years yeah i hope I, I think it's probably the stage that overall got the best sort of ensemble reaction of the day and i kind of hope the organizers look at that and realize how much of a success it was yeah 
Well, if we kind of go on to other stages briefly, before, and then we'll get yeah. into band specific. So, did anyone? Because I didn't at all. Anyone go to the Punk and Drublick stage, which was curated by No Effects, I think. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So did anyone check out any bands I saw there? About twenty minutes of Bad Religion. How was how was that twenty minutes? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. They were definitely different to what I've been watching, having basically spent most of my day at the Impericon. <laughs> yeah. Watching a lot of the heavier acts, it was definitely something a bit different to head over there, and um, it looked like it had just been basically people had gone and just parked themselves at that stage. Right. Okay. You know, because it was full of people in interrupters t-shirts and no effects t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which goes back to that thing you were saying about having. You know, sort of strong stages for each genre. Yeah, yeah. Bad Religion themselves were were really, really good. I've, I've, seen them a long time. I've got to say, like, I've never really gone in on Bad Religion. Like, out me, of, me neither. Yeah, out of the bands that played that stage, like Mill and Colin were the only one that I kind of wanted to check out, but they clashed with someone I can't remember now off the top of my head. But so I didn't end up going there. But yeah. Danny, did you check out anyone? Uh, alas, I did not. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, we'll go to another stage, which I don't think anyone of us checked out anyone on there. Though, I did catch the end of Hello Goodbye when I was waiting for Touche Amore, <laughs> and i got to admit, it was quite enjoyable. But the Marshall stage... Did they play Here In Your Arms? Yes. Oh, okay. So that, that was... Yeah. That was just worth it on its own. But yeah, did anyone check out anyone on the Marshall stage? No, no. Uh, yeah, no, I think at the start of the day I saw a little bit of uh, William Ryan Key, formerly of Yellow Card. Yeah. Um, I thought it, I, I fancied my chances of catching a little bit of milk teeth before I had to head off for interview duties. Yeah. Um, and then just couldn't take it, so I walked away. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a about as much interaction as I had with the Marshall stage today. Fair enough. Well, good, good start, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's what I thought. We get we get the the chaff out of the way. Um, <laughs> so, next to the Marshall stage was the Dickie stage. Yeah. This one I did spend a little time at. Um, Touche Amore were the band on that stage for me, which just fucking blew everything away. Like, that band, every time I see them live, they are absolutely flawless. Like, Elliot, their drummer, is still hands down one of my favourite sort of punk hardcore drummers. Like, did he bring out loads of blast beats? He did. He's just so tight. It's just unreal. Um, Jeremy Bohm is just an amazing front man, and like, it was it was really nice because like, just as they started, like, it was it just started to rain, and like you could kind of tell like, oh, that like they heard had the impression it was like oh it's raining people are gonna like bugger off but like people stayed stayed and then it cleared and like the energy just like as if the sun kind of bought it like the whole energy of their set and the stage just picked up which was really cool yeah um who else did they check out on that stage get up kids oh okay how were they really good like i've never seen the get up kids before so they were one of the bands that i really wanted to check out and yeah thoroughly thoroughly impressed like Considering they've been a band for what? God knows how many years now. Like, Surely got to be coming up 25 at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think so. Like, Matt Pryor's still just an absolute legend. Um, so, yeah, they were really cool. 
Uh, who else did I see on that? Oh, and Tiger's Jaw, Ti- which I wasn't planning on seeing, but the the stars aligned and I got to go see them. And I think again, I mentioned this to you, Brad. Like, I just f- I forget how many bangers that band has. Yeah, definitely. And their their set was very much full of like the hits, which I guess like for a festival like is exactly what what you need. So yeah, that was my my experience at the Dickey stage. Anyone else see anyone there? Well, I saw the Menzingers headline right. later on. Right, we'll we'll get to headliners yeah, yeah, in a moment. Yeah, yeah. But anyone else? Uh, I saw I saw Milk Teeth. I think yeah. They op- oh, actually they might have been somewhere on before. No, no, they they, yeah, they did open the stage. Oh, I cool. can they, confirm. They did a really <laughs> really good job, and it's my first time seeing them with the kind of lineup they've got now. Yeah. Because yeah, um, it's now so. M from Nervous has obviously now filled in for, well, taken over duties from yeah. Billy. Is that correct? Yes. Is that the only change? or? Yeah. Well, um, Chris Webb left a, 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 a couple of months before. Right. Yeah. And then it looked like, um, and then basically M and Billy were doing guitars for a little while, and then Billy left to concentrate on more sort of he concentrated more on road crew duties right um, yeah because he's a guitar saw, tech, uh, isn't he? yeah I saw him today uh, untangling cables for um, oh who was it I think it was Gallows oh yeah. okay um, yeah so uh, now it is um, Becky and M and Ollie right cool um, so we will move on to we'll go Jägermeister because then we can move on nicely to the Impericon. So, did here any- comes the Atreyu review. Yes. Did anyone see anyone on the Jägermeister stage? No. 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 Okay. So I was the only one that did. I saw Atreyu. I will happily admit I was a big Atreyu fan in my college days. Um, the Curse, and I think the first album was the self-titled. I can't remember, but they were very much on heavy rotation in my formative years. Um, just the just the fact that the Bella Twins are in the right side of the bed video. Which took me does, ages to you. fucking realise. But when I found out, I was uh, fucking hilarious. Sorry, Brad, we're talking wrestling again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, literally, it was kind of like another Stars Align moment. I walked in after uh, watching Tuche Amore and they just hit right side of the bed, which... I fucking love that song um, but an interesting thing like this may not be interesting for you guys but they uh, announced literally maybe three or four days before coming over to the UK and Europe that their vocalist Alex is like got a serious back problem um, so he wasn't going to be able to make the tour oh what a shame <laughs> the sympathy in your voice um, but it meant that they kind of had to like swap around duty so their drummer who usually does all like the harmony vocals became the main vocalist but can't obviously do the heavy scream that Alex does so on the older tracks they had like guest spots so for the right side of the bed it was uh, Dan from the story of the year who came on and did that oh, and, okay. and then when they did Bleeding Mascara or mascara, if you're American, um, they got the dude from Wage War to come in and do that. So that was fair. It was a pretty cool little touch. But like, to be fair, considering 
they on this bill they are kind of like a nostalgia act like there was a big crowd for them and like everyone was kind of into it which was which was nice to see like even if it was just for nostalgic value like yeah it was it was pretty cool so yeah then opposite the the Jägermeister stage we had the Impericon stage um so this is the bit where we actually get to prove that we did actually watch music. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't just sat in the guest bar. Yeah. So as we've mentioned, Angel Dust. Um, then we go on to Knock Loose. Knock Loose. Fuck! They're so good. <laughs> They're so fucking good. Like, I was going to pose this question later, but I'm going to say mine now. They were With Tisha Amore, they were my band of the day. Like... They've just upped their game so much. They know how to work a big crowd now. They know how to structure a set, and they just cause absolute carnage in that room. So, did you guys catch? I know Brad, you caught them. Yeah, didn't you? yeah. It was it was chaos, and to my being in the crowds, to, to my eyes, that was the biggest crowd that I was in. Yeah, and um, <coughs> it was absolute chaos. They just turned up, did their thing. It's the first time I've seen them live, and I was massively impressed. Yeah. I think I I thought their first record is is good. I was wasn't really blown away by it, but it seems like they're really coming into their own. Yeah, like the new I can't remember the name of the very new track they played, but the mistakes like Frank's track is just fucking. It's I was bumped into my friend Steve, um, and when they played that, and just the riff at the end is just incredible. Yeah. So yeah, Danny, did you catch not loose? I didn't. No, oh, no. Disappointed. <laughs> I, but I did see cancer bats. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Bear God. with me. Oh, but they were so good. So we can't talk about turnstile yet. Oh, we haven't talked about turnstile. We haven't talked about. See exactly. And I did see turnstile. Exactly. Right. I'm. This is going to be controversial for me because I love turnstile, but they were very run of the mill it was a it was a good turnstile set whoa really like yeah. they, don't get me wrong they were fucking incredible but other bands that played today just outshone them in my opinion like okay. they were just like they did what they do and they do that incredibly well but it, it was a turnstile set I wonder if it comes from the fact that they've played a few festival sets since that album's been out yeah and they very much turn up, do their thing, which is fucking amazing. And, you know, it's just them doing their thing again. And it's, you know, when you've already seen it. Yeah. It's I, kind of that reaction, isn't it? But I I thought they were amazing. I, I could watch them do that thing. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't get me day wrong. Like, <laughs> if if you were to say, Tim, watch Turnstile for a year, I would not <laughs> fucking argue with you sort of thing. But I just mean, like, out of... In, in comparison to a band like Knock Loose, who I'd seen sure, yeah. two days prior, like, Knock Loose just completely annihilated the place. So... While I do think it was Turnstile just doing what Turnstile do best... Yeah. I did really, really enjoy... Um, I thought the thing that had kind of improved the most was their basis France. Yeah. Because I thought when I saw them at 2003's last year, which is the only other time I've seen Turnstile, to be to be completely honest, um, his vocals have not 
quite been up to par. Right, okay. Um, but he's he's really worked on that. Yeah. And uh, oh my god, just the personalities on that. Stage. That's the thing. They they yeah. they've they've got masses masses of charisma. Yeah. And that, obviously that's gonna that's why they're as big as they are. But yeah, like also. I just fancy the singer. <laughs> He's a beautiful man. He is a beautiful man. We've spoken about this at length, we? We, we have, yeah. yeah. But, okay, come on then. Let's talk, you talk about cancer bats. The motherfucking cancer bats. Because I, I didn't see them, so go on. Tell me all. Well, I missed the first five minutes or so, and I was reliably informed by Brad that Nicky Broomman from Pagan, who will undoubtedly get onto in a minute, yeah. uh, joined him for a song. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> now I can't remember which song. Um, so it's really memorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Cancerbats were... I mean, fucking hell, that band can absolutely rip a riff for days. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a greatest hit set, so you had Lucifer's cool. Rocking Chair, you had... Hail Destroyer. The the crowd for Hail Destroyer was one of the loudest crowds I've heard all day. That's cool. Um, Sabotage, obviously doing great. The the new stuff um, uh, from the Spartan Moves, which is actually my favourite Cantabats album since Hail Destroyer. Okay. Um, things like Gate Creep, uh, Gatekeeper, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gatekeeper of the band, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gatekeeper and. Um, yeah, they they finished on Gatekeeper actually. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and um, just the looseness of that riff. Yeah, yeah. Just it, it was so much low end that I I was a little bit worried I might have had to take a little trip to the <laughs> afterwards. Um, but it's su- such um, such crazy energy. I, I like the fact that I haven't seen Cancerbats in got a good few years now. It's probably been like. A good six or seven years since I last saw Cancer Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I keep missing them whenever they're in town. Yeah. I really do, and it really annoys me. Um, and uh, and they had just as much energy, if not more. Oh, that's cool. So it's good to see that they are keeping that up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. go on, those lads. <laughs> Brad, did you catch them as well? Yeah, I think... I don't have too much to add. I think Danny summed it up really well. I think one thing that kind of stuck with me was it was nice to see a band... They are obviously as much a hardcore band as any other band on yeah. that stage, but to bring that much metal, I think, <laughs> yeah, to that stage yeah. was quite cool with all those riffs. That yeah. was just a really cool flavour, I think, that they brought up. Cool. Did uh, we mention the riffs? I, I think riffs. I think you mentioned riffs. 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 <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Um, right, Gallows. No, Gallows. Yeah, Gallows next. Uh, no, the Bronx. <laughs> we saw the Bronx. I keep forgetting the Bronx because I didn't riffs. see them. Sorry. Go on, Bronx. Tell me all. Riffs. Riffs. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it, again, uh, greatest hits Bronx set. Yeah. I, I fucking love the Bronx. Uh, and um, I love them even more live. I think Matt Cawthron is one of the great front men of our time. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that he doesn't settle for... Um, yeah, he doesn't settle for like a 60% crowd okay so he will go you know he, he will do the whole let's go and the crowd will, you know the crowd will cheer he'll yeah, get a yeah, pop yeah. but then he will keep doing it he'll go let's yeah, go yeah, yeah. let's go let's go it's, it's really intense but 
really fun-loving as well. Yeah. So he's constantly hyping up that crowd. Um, and uh, then at one point, uh, he was like, come on, guys, you're not 2,000 trees. <laughs> right. Um, we're going to take a quick interlude, if that's all right. Is it time for a poo break? It's time for a poo break. <laughs> so, yeah, we will... Riffs. We will return with Gallows. Put a pin in Gallows. Alright. And we'll we'll be back. <laughs> Off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody understands a joke except me, but that just makes it better. <laughs> that Thanks a lot. Right. Fucking <laughs> hell. That's a note to come back on. Right. We're back. I've got coffee. I uh, didn't. I did not have a poo. Danny did not have a poo. The woods in front of us look super creepy. And Brad bought himself some some treats. Mm, some Percy pigs. Nice. Oh, I do love a Percy pig. Good shout. Right, we were talking about gallows. Well, about to talk about gallows. Yeah. The basically the Bronx were really good. And yes. It, and again, it was a great history. And, and it was riffs. Yeah. So shitty future. Heart attack American. Loads of great stuff off Bronx Five as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I just don't think you can go wrong with the Bronx. Old reliable, really. Fair enough. Right, Gallows. I. So I dropped off after Great Britain, and then as soon as kind of Wade came on board, I was sort of like, eh, like, couldn't, didn't really bothered. The announcement that they were coming back for, for Slam Dunk wasn't really that enticing for me um, but I was interested I'll leave it at that for the minute because Brad you said on the way up here that that, that was a, a deal clincher for you so we'll start with you what was your what was your opinion on the set on Gallows yeah I, th- I thought it was really really great you just can't really fuck with those songs yeah you know and that band turning up singing those songs is always going to go down a treat with me and it, it was like a proper greatest hits set I think they played the biggest ones from the Frank era and the yeah. Wade era yeah um, there surprised was me of... to that effect actually oh really because I heard that and I didn't see him on the Desolation sound cycle and it really surprised me Tim that you weren't really into like Desolation sounds which is probably their doomiest album yeah I don't, I don't know I just couldn't get into it oh okay I'd maybe go back to it now yeah maybe yeah. maybe with a more mature ear <laughs> Um, and um, I'd heard that while they were touring that, that they literally did about two songs pre-Wade Right, era. okay. So, you know, and a lot of it was kind of either from the self-titled or from Desolation Sounds on yeah. the last touring. But that was 2015. Yeah, yeah. So it was really good to hear Wade do a lot of... Uh, Am I right in thinking they of Frank Desolation Sounds? No, I don't think they did. No, I don't think they did. And that... Last time I saw Gallows was at Slam Dunk, um, very, very soon. Well, maybe about a year at most after the release of Desolation Sounds. And right. It was a very, it was very loud, it had very like dim lighting, it was very doomy set. Yeah. And they did play a lot of new stuff. And uh, this seemed much more, it had a really fun kind of aspect to it that you maybe wouldn't expect from Gallows. Yeah. There was a, it sort of seemed like, you know, a bunch of mates getting back together and yeah, they, playing like, these songs. That was the was thing. Like the, the energy amongst them was really good, and like loved the addition of Lee 
the dr- uh, drummer Lee Barrett having his dad just stood at the back of the stage that dancing. Was, I was trying to figure out who the fuck he was. It was just, like, it blew my mind. It was this old dude just dancing by the drums. I was sort of like, okay, like, yeah. And then I realised, obviously, like, afterwards that it was obviously some relative because when I think Gallows were packing down or something, the guy who was dancing by the drums and I'm assuming it's his wife walked out through the barrier both wearing Gallows hoodies which I thought Brilliant. was quite good but um, yeah I thought they were, like had a really good energy about them I thought it was really cool that they opened with Misery and Way just literally immediately went into the crowd mm. like because it was like without saying he needs to bring Frank Carter because obviously that's a Frank Carter song like that would have been something that Frank Carter would have done yeah and but he kind of put his spin on it sort of thing he does I don't know whether it's just over time having come over to the UK more and just kind of adjusted to the songs but he does have a bit of an oi punk feel to his yeah voice. like I'm not saying he, he sounds straight up like Frank you know no but like I think in the earlier days he was more a hardcore sort of vocalist yeah. whereas as you say like now he very much has that kind of like um like, is it London is whatever that London song is the reason yeah when he was like screaming that like that was very much like of an era of UK punk yeah. which, which he's obviously now kind of integrated into his style mm. which I thought was quite cool as fun as it was I could have maybe done without the Ramones cover I would have uh, yeah, rather I would have was... rather heard not what I go to Gallows for. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> you can't always judge a band's performance by, well, that's not what I want them to do, you know, but at the same time, you know, I would have rather had, I think that's yeah. what I'm about to say. I would have rather had another Gallows song. Yeah, and the ending with Orchestra of Wolves and pretty much every, the entire population of Watford joining them on stage, <laughs> yeah. um, including M. Foster from Nervous um, slash Milk Teeth. Um, uh, to do the sort of gang vocals on yeah. Orchestra of Wolves that was absolutely sensational yeah um, yeah I thought they were uh, I mean welcome back Gallows I didn't realise how much I needed them back in my life yeah um, I, I hope it leads to something more yeah, yeah would... me too I hope it's not just a one off kind of reunion thing yeah mm. um, we'll talk about Glassjaw momentarily when we get on to headliners um, key club stage yeah. So this was one of the ones. It was its own stage, but it had two stages within it. So it was a left and right kind of thing. Um, before we get onto particular bands, there was one band who everyone was dying to see. Employed to serve, innit? <laughs> uh, billed as Y2J. Y, Y2J. Y2, Y2J. Y3K. <laughs> uh, Busted played Slam Dunk. Um, cool. I mean, it was yeah, fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was sing-alongs, like. But um, a good friend of mine and yours, I believe. Do you know Georgina? But uh, Brad. No, sorry, no. I don't okay. <laughs> so, good friend of mine and yours, Georgina Penny, said that. Um, oh, Georgia Penny. Georgia, sorry, my really bad. Really good friend. Oh, oh good. <laughs> um. But she said that apparently, oh, because I was nowhere near the front, but obviously she was taking photos, uh, said that Charlie Simpson just looked like he couldn't give a shit the whole set. Oh, really? Yeah. 
which but as I say like the crowd like that was the one of the most packed tents of the day and everyone there was having a very nice time mm. so yeah I just thought I'd mention that because that was a thing that happened the crowd for them was just obscene yeah yeah was it huge yeah, yeah like yeah, literally yeah. like coming out of the, the because tent. we discussed on the way up Tim that it might be it's kind of interesting that they've done that as a kind of a secret set yeah how it could be potentially slammed up maybe testing the water for that kind of for that kind of act yeah maybe, yeah for their main stage or oh please don't tell me Busted are going to headline I would still there go there we go though. 2020 yeah. <laughs> um, Busted so here's the new theory Busted our Iceman thesis yeah <laughs> why not <laughs> um so yeah we'll get onto the key club properly um i'm trying to think who i saw on there now so we've already mentioned cruel hand uh saw a little bit of kubla khan but i saw them the other day so i saw a, probably just one song of kubla khan yeah. in passing it's just heavy hardcore on your recommendation i can see why you are so captivated by their lead singer oh yeah yeah he is a, a very good vocalist and has a very very strong voice in terms of what he actually produces and lyrically as well so yeah, yeah they were cool and some strong french plaits oh, yeah. hey i want them french plaits my hair's not that long though um so yeah Kubrick Khan um and then I think Pagan was next yeah yeah so have I missed anyone else that you guys saw no no uh, pa- Pagan were uh, one of two bands that I saw properly on yeah. this stage so me and Danny actually went and saw Pagan about a week or so ago mm. um and they were mesmerising was interested to see what they do on a larger, larger stage, um, and they just fucking nailed it. Like their their vocalist Nikki is it Bruman? Broom, Nikki Bruman. Yeah, is just like you cannot take your eyes off her. Not in a sleazy way. Like she just has an incredible stage presence. Um, added by the fact that she was just drooling red wine down herself. It just like was fucking brilliant but like that aside like the band musically are just really good like all their songs are like really hooky and catchy and her vocals are just like they're for me like i mentioned this when i spoke to uh dan on the last episode of the justin inside podcast which you can listen to um that that she's kind of got like the screamo like vocal which is like for me i fucking love and it's nice to kind of see that kind of being transitioned into something that's maybe a bit more palatable to a wider audience yeah but yeah what what did you uh, we'll go with you first brad because this is your first time seeing them yeah, I was really sort of really really surprised. I've been uh, a bit more than lukewarm, but not yeah. scolding hot on Pagan. I I really liked the album, but it's sort of continued growing on me. Yeah, more and more. Um, I've not managed to. I've missed out on the opportunity to see them live twice. I think they've come near my house, and I've not seen them. And I I was really, in terms of probably maybe the biggest surprise of the day. I think it was definitely. Pagan, not yeah. that I was expecting them to be bad, but I was, I was really taken aback by just how much attitude and, and presence, yeah. and like kind of rock star presence they had yeah. on that stage. I found they were all vying for attention, 
you know, we obviously... What, as in, talk- like, their individual people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the I best feel, way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I feel like we do talk a lot about Nikki because, you know, she does have a very unique and very sort of carefree uh, approach to performance. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of half aerobics, half <laughs> yeah. almost provocative dancing, but almost comically so. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just outrageously good fun. And for me, I think what Pagan needs now, because it seems like they have a lot of people like us on side. Yeah. They've, they've been getting really, not to get too sort of snivelly, interesty, in, industry kind of perspective on it, but it seems like they have like the rock press on side oh, most Pe- definitely people, yeah, yeah. people are you know the, the rock press are, are backing Pagan which is which is really you know encouraging but what they needed is to be put in front of a big group of kids yeah um, and that's what Slam Dunk hopefully did for them yeah I think like the crowd wasn't massive for them which I'd kind of hoped it would have been but it was big enough that there would have definitely been people walking away from that thinking, I now want to go check out this band yeah. on a like recorded and so on and so forth. Um, just from your perspective, Danny, like comparatively to when we saw them at the Joiners, what do you think was different slash better, or was the Joiners a better I, show? I do think that Nikki's performance at the Joiners was perhaps more like, if you can believe it, Brad was perhaps even more animated than it was today. Yeah. And obviously it being a shorter set. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, is a, is an obvious factor. Um but no, I think I think the energy kind of was pretty consistent between the two sets to be honest. Yeah. I'd say there was very little in the way of difference. They were both absolutely superb. Yeah. Um and then I think the next band was probably Employed to Serve. Uh, They're the only other band I saw on the stage. So before we get on that, I did see a bit of Shapes, but that's because I was waiting for Employed to Serve to start. Um, Can you give me their proper name, please? Oops. Yes, hold on. Thank you. Um, And the only reason I bring this up is because their vocalist, who is... Is it Bruce Dickinson's son? Yes. Yeah. Um, was doing his pumping the crowd up. Look, there was a good crowd for them. Fair play, it's not my cup of tea. But he's doing get your hands in the air, blah, 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 and all that. But for listeners, the Key Club, there was a left and a right stage. So the two bands were playing uh, sort of back to back. One would set up on one side, one set up on the other. As soon as the other finished, the other start. Uh, and the the room was kind of split, so there were people people on one side waiting for that band and so on and so forth. One person, like myself, was waiting for employed to serve on the left-hand side. So the dude from Shapes goes, everybody hands in the air. Uh, the majority of employed to serve fans are not going to put their hands in the air for Shapes. He obviously notices this and called it out, and I was just sort of like, really, dude? Wow, really? That's a fucking low thing. And he also... I, I didn't hear the context of it because I was eating some food at the time, but I'm pretty sure he called people moshing pussies. And I was sort of like, oh, not, no, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. So, so good name for a band, though. So, 
So yeah, shapes get in the bin, I'm afraid, but. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much was of that opinion before yeah. they decided to do that. So yes, but shapes. After that little bit of negativity, we had hell on earth come to the key club in the in the form of employed to serve. Um, it's the first time I've seen them since Eternal Forward Motion was released, and they like they've always been a really good live band. Like full caveat, Sammy and Justine are very very good friends of mine, but fucking hell, they are tight as shit now. Like they've got their aesthetic down they've got their sound down they've got their set down and just like every like the one thing that i've been a little bit critical with employed to serve in the past is sometimes depending on the audience justine can be a little bit reserved in comparison to sammy but today both of them their energy level across the board actually all five of them their energy levels were just so yeah. sky high like even Robbie like looking at him on the drums just like seemed like he was having the best time today oh he was absolutely tearing it up yeah so like fair play employed to serve like if you think of them on just like a musical level stood out as like a sore thumb on that stage today but they fucking killed it in my opinion but yeah so what did you guys think um besides uh, gallows i think they may have been my band of the day right okay um i thought pretty much the exact same thing that you did i thought they had just gotten so fucking tight now uh, the stuff off um eternal forward motion the stuff that i'd seen anyway again i was unable to catch their whole set but um things like harsh truth yeah um the sort of churning almost new metal-esque groove yeah on that song was just disgustingly heavy live um much like the sort of the down tune chug at the end of is it Oh, is it good for nothing? I'm really bad oh, with song yeah, names. Yeah, so. I'm really bad with song names. Sorry if you can hear an echo. We're going through the Hindhead Tunnel and there's some dickhead revving his engine. We we have a really big problem with dickheads revving their engines while we're trying to record podcasts. Cause this happened, <laughs> yeah, it happened to you guys. This happened to, this happened to us when we ended up on the set of Fast and Furious. Yeah. Like, do you mind? We're trying to review the American football album here. <laughs> yeah, it's really lovely. But yeah, uh, Brad, employed to serve? Employed to serve. Um, just, I think what stood out for me is that they were by oh, quite some distance the heaviest band I've yeah. on that bill. And you have no business turning up at Slam Dunk and being that fucking <laughs> heavy. Like, it, which, um, which was great. And um, I think that new material, there's a kind of an anthemic quality to it that I don't think a lot of their past material has. There's a yeah. real catchiness to the riffs feels like that new album's really built for bigger stages oh, whether exactly. consciously yeah, yeah. or not and I think they're going to be able to turn up at festivals they're playing Glastonbury I think aren't they yeah they're just going to be able to I turn think they're up doing, like, pretty anywhere much every fucking festival yeah. this year anywhere you put them this summer they're going to turn up now with with those songs in their arsenal added to what they've already got yeah and they're just going to do exactly what they did today to every field that they, they turned to it was, it was amazing uh, did we see anything else on the key club stage? Um, I did not. No, Brad? No. 
Now, cool. Main stage? Yes. Uh, I saw Boston Manor. Okay, right. Caveat: um, Danny spoke to Boston Manor frontman Henry Cox. Henry Cox. Yeah. Henry Cox for his preview of Slam Dunk. So was a little bit obliged to go see them, I guess. No, 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 no. Fair enough. I, like I. But no, no. You are a fan anyway. I, I, I will be the first one to admit that um, uh, Boston Manor was definitely not for me to start with. Yeah. And uh, and. I was definitely sort of converted by Be Nothing, their debut album. Right. Um, and then just was turned on to them even more with Welcome to the Neighbourhood, which yeah. was their, um, you know, them stepping away from pop punk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ready to embrace these bigger stages. Obviously, now at this point, they've been on the main stage of Download. They've been on the main stage at Slam Dunk now. Yeah. Uh, they're about to go onto the Radio One stage at, um, at Reading and Leeds. Oh wow! Okay. And um, and these songs that are, you know the, the songs that make up the majority of their you know whatever ten song set list from uh, you know whether they're doing a support slot or a festival show. Yeah. The sort of condensed version of their set list. There's a seventy thirty split between new material and old material right okay 70% going to new, new one yeah yeah that's cool um and um i think just the uh, dynamic of the band now and the ferocity henry henry can scream I, d- I don't think a lot of people really have seen this yeah uh, coming to full effect yet but on a song like um on a song like funeral party off the new album which they played live which is just absolutely ferocious um Henry really kind of uh, proved his love for hardcore punk (laughs) and screamo um, with that. And I just think, you know, some of the the, the use of uh, atmospherics and electronics, very sort of subtle. Um, And then there's just the anthemic element of their music. Um, It was great to see him command a huge crowd like they did. It It definitely wasn't the biggest crowd of the day on the main stage no um, but they had a decent sized crowd for half one in the afternoon because they were second on weren't they yeah yeah, yeah after Waster yeah and um, yeah their, uh, their sort of command of the crowd was, yeah. was very admirable as well so yeah I, I really enjoyed Boston Manor cool did you see anyone else on the main stage uh, yes I went to go and see one of my favourite bands of all time uh, that being New Found Glory. Lovely. I'm I'm annoyed I didn't get to see them, but were they were they good? So there was plenty of stuff from their latest, uh, so Volume Three of From the Screen to Your Stereo, right? Which is their sort of collections of movie, uh, well, movie track. Yeah, covers, yeah. You know, uh, tracks made famous by movies or, or soundtracks. Um, so lots of stuff from that. Um, their cover of like This Is Me from The Greatest Showman um, okay that sounds quite interesting actually they opened on Eye of the Tiger brilliant um, and they also uh, played a massive two minute chunk of Frozen <laughs> over <laughs> over the PA and then went into their cover of Let It Go fantastic okay I'm now I'm even more annoyed that I missed it yeah, but, yeah that sounds great I, I must admit obviously it's the record that they're promoting and it is a good fun record but there are maybe a few too many covers in the set for right, me for yeah, like a yeah. festival set um, but then at the end of the day they are promoting that record yeah, so, so you yes. know 
there you've kind of got to take that with a pinch of salt um, but I do kind of love the fact that uh, you know they're not necessarily older guys now they're not like bad religion yeah but they're still no spring chickens yeah yeah exactly they should be in a status now within pop punk and within the sort of the musical canvas of slam dunk they should be in more of a sort of a torch uh, passing the torch yeah uh, but instead they're just going faster they're going harder they're going heavier I think Chad Gilbert's background in hardcore yeah. really lends it itself to that yeah yeah definitely um, and they've just written some of the greatest pop punk songs of our time yeah yeah well, I think that's you can't argue with that at all to be honest so um, seeing hit and miss and my friends over you. Yeah. Failure's not flattering off Catalyst. God fucking hell. Uh, so yeah, they, they still do relatively deep cuts even if it's a festival set. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot to admire in that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I was, it's hard for me to, to critique Newfound Glory, <laughs> I'll be honest, but um, I wouldn't want to anyway because yeah. they were superb. Uh, Brad, did you see anyone? No one on the main stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one at all? No. I saw all of about 10 minutes of All Time Low and it was meh. That's, that's all I've got to say for that. Cool. So, right, we will get Good on... Good light show, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, they they claimed they, they made the rainbow. That's not that's not true. No, the mincing has made the rainbow. <laughs> as I... As I are, you, are we doing Mentingers first or are we I doing mean, we, Right, okay, so we'll do... Well, no, we'll, we'll go surprises of the day because we've done all the bands now. So who were you su- most surprised by today? I don't know if I've really had any big surprises because I plan my day quite carefully around only a very select number of bands to see. Yeah. Um, I'd say my biggest surprise of the day was the fact that Gallows didn't necessarily have as big a crowd as I thought they would. No, fair enough. Brad, surprise of the day? I think it's between Pagan and Knock Loose. I think Knock Loose have got so much hype around them and they were one of the more hyped bands of the weekend, I think. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it was Pagan. I was just not expecting to be as enthralled by their set yeah. as I was, actually. Um, I'm going to say Gallows purely because I had very very little interest in in actually seeing them but I thought I'll go along and check them out and I thoroughly enjoyed my time watching them so yeah Gallows was a a very very pleasant present uh, present pleasant surprise for the for the day oh hello it's a police car let's go slowly um oh Sorry, Sorry, going round around about. That's my water bottle. It's fine. <laughs> uh, right, so we'll go on to headliners. Yeah. Uh, I guess Brad, you can kind of dual duty this because did you see a bit of Menzingers? Uh, only the sort of last three, four songs. Okay, well you can still still dual duty, but so we'll go with we'll go Menzingers first. Yeah. So Danny saw Menzingers, I saw Glassjaw as the as our main headliners. Uh, Brad was greedy and saw both. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so talk me through the Menzingers set. 
why Menting is not the biggest band on the planet, honestly. <laughs> I feel like they need the same sort of push that Gaslight Anthem got in 2009 or whatever, where... They're, they're kind of of that, like, vibe at the moment, aren't they? They're of a very sort of similar Heartland Rock-influenced emo-punk kind of thing. Yeah. If, if that's a... That's probably quite a shit way of putting it, but... Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I think there's no better way to end the day than than with what is essentially what is essentially quite a chilled out set. Yeah. Uh, full of obvious, you know, full of sing along anthems and tons of energy, especially from Tom May, their co-vocalist and, and sort of um, and, and guitarist, um, who just bounce about the stage like a bloody Randy Squirrel. <laughs> I, I could have just said a squirrel. Couldn't but it I? had to be Randy. Yeah, uh, a Randy, Randy squirrel. No, um, just you know, just hopping around the stage, yeah, uh, darting to and from, and just having the best time of his life. And uh, I think everyone at that point. I don't think we're the only people who left early to beat the traffic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That much can be said. Um, and everyone was just in a very jovial end of the day. We're all pretty knackered, but going to have a beer and put all our arms around each other yeah. and just have a good time yeah um that was uh well, that was the mentingers for me tonight um of course they did they were responsible for the double rainbow um <laughs> but maybe it was a bit of a curse because uh, the sound cut off during a, a i guess it was a slightly deeper cut i don't didn't really recognize the song and um yeah the, the sound cut out um Luckily, it came back through about halfway through the song, and they were able to finish the song. But then they realised that they'd gone over on their set time, and yeah. so had finished on a fairly obscure song. And I think people were wanting a little more. Yeah. But um, just outrageously good fun. Yeah. Brad Menzingers. Yeah, I think I would just echo everything, everything that Danny said. To be honest, the sing-alongs were just deafening. Even walking up to the stage. Yeah. After class, you could just hear people singing back every single word yeah it's just jaded fuckers in their late 20s <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so we'll move on to Glassjaw Brad I'll go with your opinion first because this is your first experience with Glassjaw yeah so so what what did you make of it I obviously don't have any sort of past experience to kind of gauge it against um, having liked Glassjaw for really material control was like really made me go back and just really get into them yeah. a lot more but I've kind of heard a lot of stories about how they can sometimes turn up especially at festivals yeah. and just not really play ball at all you know um, I was really pleasantly I think surprised I thought I maybe expected them to do that today yeah. to maybe turn up and not necessarily be um, on their on their best form I thought they, they were really, really good and they had a really great energy and they they seemed very happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't wall-to-wall hits, but no. I don't think it has to be, um, especially as I think the latest album is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, so, I think, like, because that's the thing, like, Material Control, I think a lot of people, like, really ride for that album, but they're still, like... It's still weird kind of hearing those songs integrated into the set mm. because like especially at a festival I think a lot of people want 
a lot of the worship tribute stuff. Um, and obviously, like, they played, like, Tibby Bartender, they played Ados Mill, they ended on Siberian Kiss, which are, like, the one for me personally, they're the ones that I want to hear. Yeah. So I went away a happy boy. Um, the one thing that I were kind of different from, obviously, where I have seen them a few more times, like, I thought it was quite interesting that Daryl was clearly in a I just want to get this over and done with mood not in a in a bad way but like literally the, the only words he said to the crowd were thanks for coming and then they played Siberian did Kiss did they always do that because they didn't stop playing so no so, the the, so this is the thing so no so there's times where he is very chatty like at ATG he was very kind of uh, like personable with the crowd which is like quite rare for him um, and the fact that they did like they literally just they started I think there was maybe one kind of gear changeover for their guitarist but but apart from that it was just seamless all the way through yeah. um, that's pretty cool yeah which was it worked really well but I think like some people could see that as kind of glass jaw just wanting to kind of beeline through their set and fuck off sort of thing but personally I didn't I thought I saw it as they structured this in a certain way this is how they're going to do it and they just blitz through it yeah Yeah. that's cool I'm glad like I'm glad your first experience was a good experience (laughs) me too (laughs) cool right to round off band of the day um, I'm going to flip a coin I'm gonna go knock loose. Okay. It was tight between them and Touche. Where's Amore. the coin? There you go. There we go. Cool. Um, yeah, it's close between them and Touche Amore. Just, but I, similar to Turnstile, like you can't have a bad Touche Amore set. And I think like to see knock loose like elevate themselves to a bigger crowd and just command that fucking tent the way they did, like. That that for me is why they're they're my my top band of the day. So yeah, for me, not loose. Uh, Brad, Danny, I think it's going to have to be employed to serve for me. Okay. They just like Brad said. I don't think they have any right being there as an obscenely <laughs> heavy band, and yeah, they went out there and proved themselves, proved their worth, and I think they probably left with a lot more fans on side. So. Fair fucks to them. Yeah. They were superb. Cool. Brad? I think in terms of who put the biggest smile on my face, and I think it was Gallows. I think yeah. it was going to be, yeah. Cool. Right. Boys, do your plugs. Bitch and Brew. Bitch and Review. What have we got coming up? Uh, yeah, so Bitch and Brew, obviously, we've been at Slam Dunk today. Don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> um, but uh, we did loads of chats with some of the artists playing some of the artists we've been talking about today um, it's definitely some of the biggest bands who have ever been on Bitch and Brew yeah it was absolutely crazy um, yeah very conversational podcast uh, between me and various like musicians or creatives or what have you um, yeah and as part of that we do the um, Bitch and Review which is a um, monthly music review show um, where myself and Brad sit down and we chat about the uh, eight 
sort of most noteworthy or worth talking about records of the previous month. Yeah. Um, as well as live shows and various other bits. Usually I call Brad a, a sexy bastard or oh, something. I mean, he is, a sexy, he is a sexy bastard. Sex bastard. <laughs> Se- oh, okay, that's that's slightly different. but yes. <laughs> Yeah, cool, right. Guys, thank you very much for for keeping me company on my drive home and having a little chat to me about Slammy D. Um, riffs. 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 I'm doing download. I don't think any of you two are, are you? No, not. So I'm guessing maybe 2,000 trees we will maybe reconvene. You will yeah. see me there. 2,000 trees. You will smell me there. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. 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 So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to Danny and Brad for being subject to my driving and having a chat with me about Slam Dunk. Um, as Danny mentioned at the end of our little chat, uh, Bish and Brew have got a lot of cool stuff coming up in the near future. So if you f- want to find out uh, about that and a bit more about the show, uh, the social media links will be in the description of this episode. Um, and also, while you're at it, go over to where you listen to your podcast and go subscribe to the show. Um, what they do is really cool. It's a really sort of insightful way of... of it's, it's similar to... i got to tell you what. If you're a fan of this show, you will be a fan of Bitching Brew put it that way um so yeah go go check that out um speaking of uh subscribing if this is your first time joining us on the Justin insight podcast then please subscribe rate review really really helps the show get more eyes and ears um and push things going forward um i'm kind of looking at changing things around again a little bit towards the end of the year um but it's all very very early stages at the moment so yeah the more support from you guys the better thank you very much um that is it for another week thank you as always for joining me on the justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon